1: my co-host and our real estate expert is Asif Khan with Remax Prime Properties. Good morning, Asif. Good morning, Tina. Asif, we have talked a great deal on this show about housing affordability and the lack of housing, the lack of inventory. What can you tell us about the Ontario Housing Affordability Task Force? Will it help with these issues?
2: Well, Tina, he, uh, the task force was put together because the prices in Ontario for a home have almost tripled in the past 10 years. And this is growing much quicker than income has been. And even people with great paying jobs cannot afford to get into home ownership. Rents have become too expensive because of the competition. And even when you look further, you, the saying used to be you drive until you qualify. And, you know, even rural committees, communities, small towns, they're out of range now. So where do people go? So the system's not working as it was supposed to. And for too long. Governments have been focused on the solution to cool the market by government intervention. And and again, that didn't work because people get used to the new rules and there's there's still so much demand out there. So this task force has come up with a plan that's going to help add 1.5 million homes to Ontario over the next 10 years. And that, I think, is great news for supply. And uh, it's going to help us satisfy the demand out there. And start to bring some affordability back to Ontario.
1: And is this a provincial initiative? Will Tim Hudak and Orria also be part of this conversation?
2: Yeah t- uh, Tim Hudak was a, a big part of this conversation. He was part of the task force and he did bring a lot of the uh, home ownership uh, concerns to the forefront and you know there's so many things that uh, need to be fixed in terms of trying to get more supplies, reducing red tape for the builders. It's trying to have more land available, convert some of the buildings that aren't being used for commercial anymore into residential. So all of this went into the conversation, and the recommendations have been uh, solid recommendations to try and bring affordability back to the province.
1: You said this will include about 1.5 million homes. Sounds like a lot, but when?
2: It really is. And the, the plan is for these 1.5 million homes to be built over 10 years. It's 150,000 homes per year. It's, uh, it's quite an aggressive target, seeing that we built 42,000 last year. So it's 100,000, more than 100,000 homes in addition to what we built last year. But the truth is, we need about 80,000 to 100,000 just in the Toronto area. So it's not... Uh, you know, it's not something that is far-fetched. We do need this. It's where are they going to find the land and how are they going to build these homes and where are they going to build these homes? That's the question.
1: Well, we'll wait and see and we'll be watching after the break where the market is headed next. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us.
0: Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him 416 985 Khan. That's 416 985 5426. Or email ossif at thehomeshop.ca. Now back to On the Market on 1059 The Region.
1: Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show on 1059 The Region. Over to Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties with today's guest. Asif.
2: Thank you, Tina. Joining us is Rajiv Rajpal. Rajiv is a broker of record with key 2 Real Estate and serving York region and the Toronto areas. Rajiv, thank you for joining on the market.
3: I'm glad to be with you online.
2: Rajiv, you're a veteran of the real estate industry and you know you've seen peaks and valleys, you've seen different conditions that we've been through over the past number of years. What is your current take? on the market conditions right now and specifically the inventory levels? Have you seen anything like this before?
3: Well, that's a very interesting question and a great question I um, come across all the time. And uh, my answer typically has been that I don't hold any um, any magic here to judge the market, but as we go uh, all the time, the market is very uh, fluctuating and it's always different every year. It's always beating beating the judgment of everybody, all the experts. So what I see, Asif, is uh, this year, as you see, you know, January has gone by. And the market is already down by supplies of eighteen percent. The price average prices have gone up by uh, by almost twenty six per twenty nine percent, if I if I'm correct. Um, so it is. We don't know what's in, in the pot right now. It, the supply is so low.
1: And do you think that the looming rate hike will have an impact?
3: The moving rate? uh, No, I don't think the moving rate is the main issue here, uh, Tina. Um, I think it is more of the supply. There's so much demand. COVID has actually created more demand than even expected. People have started to rethink, to reposition them themselves from a condo to a home, a smaller home, smaller home to a bigger home, bigger home to a much bigger home, relocating from one area to another. So the people have come out in into the works of moving homes. And I think that is uh, a great news for the market. But at the same time, supply has been totally low. And I see the supply has been big time low all this time.
2: And the other thing, Rajiv, this is all domestic demand. These are people moving over from other provinces or other areas of the region. And what, we're, what we haven't factored into this is the foreign demand. And we don't have the people coming in in droves like they used to, especially in New York Region. Where do you see the market heading when the borders open up and the foreign purchasers are able to come back into Markham, into York Region, into
3: parts of Toronto? I said that was an amazing question. And I think I have loved this question every time because people think uh, the government and the world is speculating on investors. And in fact, I have hardly seen that big percentage more than, I've not seen more than one or 2% in, in the business, uh, that the industry from overseas investors is moving. It's all people within the country are moving. Investors, now imagine immigration has been st- uh, lowest of the, all this time. So once the immigration opens, we are expecting close to half a million people coming in the next coming years. Imagine there's no supply. That means the prices are going to boost up again. And affordability is becoming a big challenge.
1: So what is your advice then to someone trying to get into the market for the first time and they're afraid of getting caught up in a bidding war?
3: But Tina, again, good question. This is uh, something which uh, I have always tried to help people understand. Whatever you do, you sell or buy, do it in the current state of your mind and your current situation. Because if people who have been sidelined on the weight, that you know one day the market is going to go down and I'm going to buy, or one day the market is going to go up and then I sell, that is fairly they' they're working towards uh, against them, them own self. So I think that has also created some kind of a problem. I I still feel people should make decisions based on their needs and wants, which is the most important thing. If they're looking to move up, they should make a decision. If they're selling at a higher price, they're going to buy at a higher price. And they're moving to move down. Then, again, the same thing, buy and sell at the same market. Your team does a lot of pre-construction
2: sales. And you know what we've seen in the Toronto area is prices starting to creep up and almost at two thousand dollars per square foot. You know the the big thing they say about pre-construction is there's not a lot of multiple offers or bidding wars, and it's a safer way to go for first time buyers. But we're starting to see the number of offers going in on pre-construction properties really outnumbering the units available. How do you explain that phenomenon?
3: I know we have been going through this all this well over the last year or so. Uh, pre-construction, you know, yes, our team does quite substantial business on the investor side. Um, and, just base and how we help people understand is that, you know, when people are uh, re- having enough equity in the property, they want to build up their portfolio. We help them with that. But then I am a father of two adult children, and my daughters, I need to help them to support through their down payment. So I have to refinance and put some money in there so that when they are ready, they can move into their own ownership. So these are the different ways people have been doing. But coming to the supply side, pre-constructions have also um, been delayed but a couple of years. You know, if, if you're booking a property, a pre-construction at the age where your child is 15, 16 year old, excellent. You know, by the time they are in the university or are about to finish the university, that's a good time to take a responsibility. But at the same time, four, five, six years is a is is a very challenging factor for a lot of families. On the other side, how things are happening, um in the Toronto price wise i got into the business almost 20 years ago that time pre construction was $380 per square foot today $2000 a square foot oh my god this has gone really really crazy because and i don't blame that uh, the the these builders they are not in my opinion what i have seen is Again, I will go back to the COVID scenario. The supply of uh, material has gone uh, very expensive. Supply is expensive. Uh, things are, uh, that is how the, the pre-construction prices went up. Labor has gone expensive. So the builder is still, in my opinion, making the same money what they were making before. But The supply has been so low. If people can't afford to buy a resale, well, they are putting their money into pre-construction, so that they can plan their down payments over the years.
1: Now, you said the market is going crazy. So, how does a potential buyer then not get caught up in the frenzy and get in over their head?
3: You know, Tina, that's, that's a question I'm myself always looking for an answer. Um, it is going to be, again, a, a very uh, strategic way how one has to plan their own purchase. So patience will be the name one, uh, name. Uh, uh, one has to have patience. Number two, you have to save as much as you can so that you are able to buy something. So, and you have to readjust your location. We have to walk through the list of needs and wants. And then that's how we have to at least try to get a foot in the door. That's trying to get the foot in the door is the most important step, which is the first step to buy a property. And the patients will help when and where.
2: And Rajiv, when we're talking about pricing and and we're looking at the price climbing, like you said, 29% just in in a month, we're starting to see that things are getting unaffordable. And when you look at how many housing starts we've had, last year we had 42,000 housing starts. Toronto needs about 80,000 to 100,000 housing starts a year. Now, the government has proposed some Plans that are going to see more housing starts and making it easier, less red tape for builders. Where do you think our housing starts will take us? If if, even if we were to build sixty or seventy thousand, is that going to be enough? I mean, if you look at the demand, it's it doesn't even seem that that will be
3: enough. I hundred percent agree with you, Asif. Because the thing is, if let's say they even say sixty to seventy thousand, by the time they build sixty seventy thousand homes, it will take at least two years. So let's take a, a minimum of two years of time. That means people who are 18 years old, they're going to get 20 years old. So they want to leave their home. So they need a space. So if people who are aging, um, they want to adjust their uh, future of their life. People who are multiplying the family files, they need to adjust. So I think the two years is is not going to be enough. Time for those sixty, seventy thousand. The volume—it uh, is a domino effect. People, uh, the government will have to push a bigger number of sales, a bigger number of constructions down the line.
1: Now, I know that inventory is an issue, but is there a type of property that is more in demand over another at this time?
3: Interesting question, Tina. Um, volume. Uh, there is more bigger volume of people is middle-class families who are able to uh, buy a certain price points. Then there's a different volume of people who are at a luxury style. That's a different price point. One or the other, it is always going to be in demand. I don't think if we can pinpoint which is going to be the first one. Uh, so the demand is, has been both sides. Uh, entry level has to be the, what one can afford and move on that side first.
2: And and with that, is that uh, condos or detached homes? What are you seeing more? I know your team does a lot in York Region uh, and, and Toronto. What do you see more selling uh, in York Region, and what do you see as being in the highest in demand in Toronto? Is it condos or semis, townhouses?
3: So condos have uh, surprisingly um, gone up uh, substantially in demand in the York Region lately. It's all because the supply of homes have been low and they're expensive. So people are moving their, their money and the size uh, of investments into the condos in York Region, which is also a great thing in the York Region area. Dun- downtown Toronto or within the Toronto area, the condos, because there are so many projects coming in, people are going for the right location in that case. Um, with regards to townhomes, townhomes and semis have gone really, really high in demand. So uh, townhomes, which used to sell close to to 800,000, 900,000 a few years ago in York Region are selling close to 1.5, 1.4. So that has also been very much in demand. So York Region is spreading, Durham Region is spreading. Um, Toronto is, they're trying to find more and more space. So vertical is the only way to go. So that is why there are so many condos coming in. And there are a lot of good good choices, in my opinion, there are a lot of good choices in in resale condos. Um, I'm suggesting my team, if you are looking, if the world is looking, the crowd is looking one way, look at the other way, which they missed. Resale resale condo is what people are missing. I think educate people, guide them, guide them with the price point. Right now, money is still cheap to borrow get yourself qualified, and uh, buy resale contours.
1: Now, there has been nothing typical about the last few years, but what type of market do you anticipate in the spring, just around the corner?
3: I'm just keeping my fingers crossed (laughs) that there there, there should be some supply coming in. Otherwise, with the um, inflow of immigrants, now the COVID um, is going to be opening, as we heard on the news this week that the government is uh, relaxing its its regulations, uh, which is a great news. People will be more out. uh, Spring weather is coming in. Um, So there will be more demand. Uh, If the supply is low, then the price will keep shooting up. And uh, GTA has to be extended further than GTA.
2: Yeah, that's a great point as well, because with people working from home, there's no more boundaries as to where they have to live. How do you think that has played a role in the high demand and, and also the dwindling supply with people able to move anywhere within the region, within the country, it, it seems that there is not one area that has uh, you know a surplus of supply within the
3: country. Once again, Asif, right a nail on the head. Uh, you know, it is this, uh, because of now virtual work, work style people are relocating themselves people are relocating, relocating um, not only hundreds of kilometers of city they are relocating countries the the, the countries are allowing them to work three months six months one place so young younger generation is actually is trying to travel the world and just work at the same time uh, there are others who are building their families they are accommodating their budget and the location and moving further and further away uh, because the companies are now giving all these uh, allowances of work-from-home situation. So instead of buying a property right in downtown, which is going to be so expensive, they're moving different locations or cities for same price but bigger uh, space to live in. And they can have a space For themselves and the family separately. So that is going to, that is affecting a lot of demand in other outside the city as well.
2: Great feedback, Rajiv. Now, if people want to get a hold of you, they want to contact your team for more information about the market or to see what listings you guys have coming up, where can they get a hold of you?
3: We are at teamrajpal.com, T E A M R A J P A L.com. We have our connections to our uh, Facebook and Instagram through our website itself, as well as we can be reached at 647-875-8000. 647-875-8000.
2: Thank you so much for joining On The Market. We look forward to having you on again soon.
3: Thank you for having
2: me.
1: When we come back, your real estate questions. This is On The Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us.
0: Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region.
1: Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show on 105.9 The Region. Time now for our listener questions. And Jamie from New Markets starts us off. if you have often talked about using the equity in our homes. What advice do you have in this current climate to do just that?
2: Jamie, that's a great question. And yeah, you know, the equity in your home is basically hidden money that's sitting there. It's not making you any money. Uh, It's not costing you any money, but uh, it could be costing you uh, money in terms of opportunity cost. And if you were to pull some of that equity out, invest it in a pre-construction condo or an investment property where we can find that you can make some money off a rental, because then now that equity is being used to build more equity and also uh, it becomes uh, an investment property for you. So what some of our clients have done is they have built up a portfolio over 10, 15, 20 years of properties that they own, and they've done that by taking the equity out of each property and putting that into turning that into another investment property so that they can replace their income. So now when they retire, they've replaced their income by having this portfolio of rental properties, investment properties, and, and that's how they survive. That's how they continue to maintain a standard of living that they've been accustomed to, and it's just by income replacement through capitalizing and leveraging equity
1: if Jamie starts down this road of investment properties does he have to be mortgage free at this stage of the game You don't necessarily have to be
2: mortgage free and the thing is the, the mortgage rates right now are between two and three percent so if you're borrowing money that cheap we would recommend that you use that money at that rate in order to make some more money for yourself if mortgage rates were eight percent or ten percent or twelve percent it would be a different type of uh, conversation we would have but at the rates that we're at right now it makes a lot of sense to borrow against your home against your equity and be able to turn that into maybe a 6 or 7% uh, profit ratio because now you're borrowing at 2 or 3%, but you're making 6 or 7%, so it makes a lot of
1: sense. So here's a question I often ask you is, how do you know you're not getting in over your head, though, and that you can handle all of these moving parts when you own multiple properties?
2: You really have to have a good team in place. First of all, the mortgage broker. Your mortgage broker is going to advise you as to what you can and cannot do, because even if you have good income, you, you have to show that you're able to support all of these properties. So if you have a renter in place already and, and, and or have a lease agreement in place, it's easier to qualify for a mortgage on investment properties. But you still have to qualify, and, and that's where the mortgage broker comes in. He'll advise you as to what you can afford and what you can't afford and uh, the rest of the team comes into play when you do start building up your portfolio because now you're looking at property management you're looking at buying and selling properties and uh, that's uh, that's all handled by your group of experts
1: our next question comes from thomas in richmond hill he purchased a new build condo a couple of years ago and it has already increased in value his question, should he sell this property before it even closes and he takes possession? Asif, what do you think?
2: Another great question, especially in a in a climate that we have right now where inventory is limited and everything is selling. So there probably is a great market for you to sell that because of the quick possession date. If someone's buying a pre construction condo, it's likely that they're going to wait two or three years for possession. But if you have something that is coming up to close, then there may be someone that wants to get in, in the next six months or next year, and uh, they would be willing to wait. The, the question though is, is it assignable? Is your condo assignable? And a lot of people will pay and have a clause put in that you can assign it, it might be $1,500, it might be $5,000, might even be free assignment. So we have to make sure that you have something. That you can assign. The second thing is, what price are you going to charge? Usually, when a condo closes, you know that you've paid all these fees and everything, and you're able to assign it. Uh, And then the other thing, and the more important thing, is to talk to an accountant about the tax implications because if you assign it before you close on it, you may be on the hook for uh, that being declared as income, and then you have to pay income tax on that versus. Uh, a capital gain that you would pay if you sell it after you take possession. And then there's HST implications too. So lots of tax implications and you'd want to get proper accounting advice uh, in order to make that final call to make sure that you're still going to make money off it.
1: Not an easy answer, that's for sure. Uh, Lots of moving parts. But please explain for those of us who don't know, what is the assignable clause? What does that mean?
2: So when you purchase a condo from a builder, you will want to add in a clause that, if anything happens or if you want to sell it before it closes, that you would be able to assign the agreement because you're basically selling a piece of paper. You're selling the contract. You're not selling uh, you know the condo itself. If you don't have that clause, if it's not assignable, you have to close on that property. Now, the majority of people will have an assignment clause. There will be a fee to pay to the builder. Uh, to do all the paperwork, the legal work, uh, in order to get that condo assigned to someone else. The other person still has to qualify for a mortgage and be able to prove that they can close on that condo. Uh, But again, uh, it's very likely that you have an assignment clause in there. Most builders will have that. Uh, There is a fee. It could be, like I said, could be $1,500, could be $2,500. just depends on what was negotiated prior to you uh, selecting that condo,
1: and if there isn't an assignable clause, it might be in your best interest then to wait until you take possession and then resell the property.
2: Correct, and that's usually when you make the most money on it is after it closes when you're assigning it. Uh, some people assign properties because they just simply can't afford; like their financial situation may have changed, maybe out of a job, they may not be able to close on it. So that's when you get a lot of assignments. Uh, people want to get out of the agreement so they don't get sued later and they're trying to sell it off. So other people may look at that and say, all right, well, if you're trying to sign it, I'm going to pay you this much. I'm not going to pay you full value right now. So if you do if you do have the capability to close on it, it's often better to close on that and then sell it.
1: As a reminder, you can send your questions anytime to info at 1059theregion.com. But Asif, if our listeners prefer to contact you directly, how can they do that?
2: They can get me at 416-985-CON. That's 416-985-5426.
1: If you missed any part of our show, go to 1059 region.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. I'm Tina Cortez. Thank you for listening.